Welcome to the latest Savings Guru podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Keith Barber, who's the Director of Business Development from the Family Building Society. Uh, Keith, welcome to the show. Hi, good to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me along. Oh, thank you for coming on. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this because there's been a lot come out of the, the Family Building Society that I think I think has uh, been really good. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to talking to you a bit more about that. But I guess quite a you know, good point to to perhaps start on is if you could tell us uh, a little bit about the the history of family and how you got started, how long you've been going for. Sure. Like many building societies, we've had a number of names over the years. Um, we started off as the fourth post office mutual building society way back in 1896. We were then called the National Post Office Building Society from 65 and eventually adopted National Counties Building Society to 1972. Um, so we've been around a while. Um, and as you'd expect from those past names, we've been doing business remotely through the post and more recently over the phone and now internet rather than through branches. So you won't have seen us on the high street. The Family Building Society brand was launched in 2014 because um, despite us being based in Epsom in Surrey, if you walked around the high street there and spoke to people, uh, they'd say National Who when you asked them where our branch was. Um, so national counties really haven't cut through in any particular way and was trying to be many things to many different people and not being particularly successful at any one of those. So we launched the Family Building Society brand in 2014 alongside the National Counties proposition, um, focusing really on a more defined group of customers, um, people we saw as the squeeze middle, so aged perhaps 45 through to 65, who were facing pressure from all sides. They're trying to help their adult children perhaps finance their first home, at the same time, helping their parents deal with the financial issues of getting older and looking after care, whilst also dealing with their own uncertain financial lives. You know, People were telling us about not being sure whether they had a sufficient money to retire on or to give to the children to help them out and what would happen if they needed to pay for care and so on. Um, so the Family Building Society proposition was developed to um, address the needs of that group of people more specifically. That new focus was very well received and in the second half of 2016 we decided to make Family Building Society our lead brand and since the 1st of December 2016 all of our new mortgages and the vast majority of our savings accounts have all been under that Family Building Society brand. I was obviously aware of the National Counties brand but I'd noticed it uh, didn't seem to crop up as as much of that. That obviously explains why that sort of phased um you know a switch over of 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 the names yes um, it, it's still the um legal entity um so yes in the small print at the bottom of our literature and so on and bottom of our website that it says uh, family building site is a trading name of national counties um but pretty much everything you see about us will be under the family building society brand now yeah it's interesting you said it, it the national counties brand not kind of really cutting cutting through because um yeah, you're. You're, in my opinion, you're one of the the largest societies out there. Obviously, there's a there's a, you know over forty in the UK, but 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 many of 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 them are only looking after a few hundred million. Whereas you're you're in the billions, and uh, I'd imagine have got quite a, a large number of of savers uh, that you look after. I, I appreciate sometimes there's some there's obviously some sensitivity around stats but can can you uh, kind of give us a 
a sort of bit of an insight in terms of of how big the society sort of currently is? Yeah, yeah, sure. Our current assets, or rather the assets at the end of the last financial year, so end of, end of twenty nineteen, were two point four billion. Um, and when I joined the society, they were half a billion. So we've grown quite a lot. Um, that makes the society the 11th largest building society out of the 43 that are currently around. Um, but in terms of proportion, we're only 1% of the largest building society, the nationwide. They've got assets yeah. of £245 billion. Pounds. <laughs> um, so whilst we've grown relatively quickly uh, since we launched the Family Building Society brand, and I think we've increased assets by something like 80% over the last six years, which has moved wow. us up from 13th place as national counties to 11th place in that league table. Um, we're still only sort of accounting for just over 0.1% of the mortgage market, for example. Um, so plenty to go at. Yes. You asked about the number of savers. If you compare us to building societies of a similar asset size, we've probably got about half the number of savers that they would have. Um, okay. And we think that's because we don't have a branch network. Uh, as our history came out of the post office, everything was done through the post. We didn't need a branch network as such. Um, so we've got about 50,000 savers at the moment, and the average saver keeps about £36,000 with us. That's that's pretty high average balance. I'd imagine there's quite a few... Um, even some of the newer banks would look at those figures and uh, and say that they, they would like to to be at that level. Well, let's hope so. Yeah, they're welcome <laughs> to try. It's taken us uh, something over 120 years to get there. You're doing very well. So, and we, I, I mentioned earlier, said I was looking forward to this because because some of the things you'd you, you've been up to had sort of caught my eye and. Um, a couple of those. This is uh, this turned out to be quite timely. You, one one being the windfall bond, and the other being the the market saver, which uh, are both uh, have both come back, uh, having had a short short absence. So perhaps you could tell us. Uh, perhaps let's start with a windfall bond. What what was the sort of thinking there behind that, and uh, and how's it kind of been received by savers? Well, the windfall bond came out of thinking about what could we do differently in the savings market, given that interest rates were at historical lows. And the backdrop I'm thinking about there is 2013, 2014. We've just been through the global financial crisis and interest rates had dropped significantly. Um, They weren't quite as low then as they are now, um, but they were pretty close. So the windfall bond is a simple product coupled with a prize draw. Now, the product is a bit dull. um, And as the product developer, I think I can take responsibility <laughs> for that you know it's a 35 day notice account um in which you invest ten thousand pounds exactly so there's nothing particularly exciting about that we pay interest at the bank of england base rate um, so that's 0.1 percent now what the windfall bond qualifies you for though is for each windfall bond you hold you get a ticket in the windfall bond free prize draw that happens on a monthly basis um, at the moment, there are 13 prizes available each month. And from the beginning of October, so bonds being open now will qualify first for the November draw. Um, so from the beginning of October, existing customers will see uh, prize numbers increased, 21 prizes a month. 
Um, that's one top prize of £50,000, two prizes of ten, three prizes of two and a half thousand, and fifteen prizes of a thousand pounds. And so that's the exciting bit of the product is enabling people to earn a return that it would take quite a long time of earning interest at 0.1% um, to accumulate. Um, it's tax free, uh, and you've got a one in 714 chance of winning in each draw. So why not have a go? Your capital's safe. Uh, all you can lose is your interest. That's that's probably very much it, isn't it? Is is that what has been has been the attraction for for savers in that you're you're still getting a still getting an interest rate at uh, you know against a a fair benchmark, but but actually you've got a chance of of potentially taking home a lot a lot more. Yes, absolutely. And when we did some research with existing windfall bond customers last year and people who had looked at it and not taken one out we said what would you like to see more of in the product and they said an increased chance of winning more prizes Um, so in increasing the capacity earlier this year and reframing the prize draw uh, we've done exactly that Uh, so we can deliver the the prospect of of winning a significant chunk because a thousand pounds on ten thousand that's a a not to be sniffed at ten percent return no, abs- absolutely not. And I, it's interesting that you said about the the chance of winning because there is a similar uh, kind of product in in terms of of premium bonds on the market that have been particularly to the fore recently because the government's kind of chosen to to keep the national savings rates, um, in my opinion, artificially high uh, in in the market. And we've seen we've seen billions pour into to premium bonds as a as a result but but equally the chances there of winning a prize are, are very hard you know the top prize has now got odds of uh, over 46 billion to to one and um you know while i guess the headline is quite quite attractive there for for some people um you know the reality is the vast majority of people who who, who probably sign up to them are going to do well to get to get one of the 25 pound prizes and and anything else is likely to be a um you know a bit of a bonus whereas that you've actually got uh got quite realistic odds uh, you you've got a reasonably good chance of winning something um relatively yes we think so um we did talk to national savings last year about the chances of winning prizes at particular levels but we weren't able to get a, a clear response from them on that Although they did say that for a holding of £10,000 of premium bonds, the odds of winning a £1,000 prize over 12 months is 1 in 357. Uh, So our 1 in 60 over the same period seems to uh, compare quite well. Yeah, absolutely. They're back on sale now. Yes, the windfall bond was relaunched uh, to existing customers on the 18th of August. That gave them an opportunity to buy some more bonds because that's what they told us they wanted to do ahead of the more general public launch at the beginning of September. So, yes, it's back on sale. Fantastic. And, and the other uh, the other one that we talked about that, that caught my eye too is the, the market saver that uh, has been sort of sat uh, towards the the top of the best buy tables um for for, for quite uh, for quite a while and and has, has has been withdrawn but it's now coming back keith yes that's coming back next week so that should be back out on wednesday uh, i think that's the 9th of september uh, all being well um that product is um trying to solve a different issue for people uh, so 
there's a lot of savings products where you take it out and the headline rate is based on a um, bonus rate which expires after a period of time. And to earn the top rates, you have to keep moving your money around and be aware of when the bonus is going to expire. Uh, what the market tracker tries to do is do that legwork for you. So we're not moving your money between different providers. What we're doing once a quarter is looking at the rates offered across the market on easy access accounts with a balance of £10,000. We take the average of the top 20 of those and the market tracker will then pay that for the next three months until we do the next review. So you can leave your money in the market tracker, content in the knowledge that you're going to get close to top rates consistently. You won't get the leading rate. Um, but that's the trade, if you like, for not having to go to the effort of moving the money around all the time. At the moment, um, whilst the product's not on sale uh, as we record this, but the rate on the market tracker saver is 0.81%. And that compares quite well with the easy access um, table at the moment, although that's dominated by national savings. I was going to say, if you take national savings out of that, it, can, it compares very favourably at the yeah. At the moment, with what's out there, um, and and it pays that because whilst when rates are falling, the market tracker will lag the market a little bit, and when rates are rising, the market tracker will lag the rise a little bit, um, because of the quarterly reset of the interest rate. Uh, yeah. So from first of October, the market tracker saver rate will move down a bit more to 0.67, and that reflects the move which has been going on in the easy access market. And it also shows how deep the falls have been, because with taking national savings into account in that calculation at 1.15, um, there's quite a lot of products in that top 20 who are well below um, that 0.67 level uh, that we will be paying from 1st of October. Oh, I was going to say, absolutely. That, that would certainly, uh, at that level, still appear in our best best buys um, in the market. So. It's still very competitive. This is kind of one of the conundrums in the savings market, isn't it, in terms of savers' behaviour, this constant trade-off of, you know, do, do you, people who kind of sit and don't do anything with it and um, almost accept whatever poor rate that they get from their current account provider and those that, that try to shop around, this is kind of trying to bridge that divide to say, well, here's something that you don't need to make a, make any effort from and you're still going to get... Um, a, a competitive return and a fair return in the in the market. How how how's that kind of been received by by savers compared to say your other um, uh, sort of easy access style products? Well, if you look at the split in our savings accounts, um, about ten percent of our accounts are in either the market tracker saver or the market tracker cash ISA. So there, there is an ISA version of this product. It pays a little bit more than the market tracker saver itself um, because we think we should encourage people to put money into the tax shelter of an ISA given that it's there. Yeah. So it, it's not our biggest product line by any means, um, but it's not an insignificant part of what we do. No, and, and for a new product, uh, you know, re relative to your history, um, that that's... Um, that's a fairly good share to be at that level already. Yes, and it's it's the sort of innovation that's been around for a while. Um, you might remember the Invest Tech High Five product. Um, I do indeed. Yeah, uh, it, well, it's interesting you say that. It, 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 I guess the innovation's been out there, but it hasn't been sustained by anyone, has it? No, we've we've offered this since the launch of the Family Building Society. Um, yeah, so it's been offered for 
just over six years now, and we see no reason not to continue it. I think the Nationwide also dabbled with, um, what was it, the Champion Saver for a while. That's right. Yeah. Um, that was a notice. Showing about. our age, Keith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been in this market a little bit too long now, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you're right, Champion Saver, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm not af- af- afraid to sort of grab good ideas that we can see elsewhere and put them to use. No, abs- absolutely. Um and and it's 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 been good for your your savers that you you have. I mean, you you've 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 been regularly featured in our Best Buy tables. Um, you know, particularly the market savers been um, been in there, and your some of your easy access and your ISAs and your your notice accounts. And I mean, the, the tables have generally been dominated in recent times by um, the, a lot of the new entrant, so some of the so called challenger banks. Um, so it's been quite refreshing to see see a mutual in there is that has this been a sort of deliberate part of your strategy and and obviously the obvious question is uh are we going to see more of it in the future i fully expect us to be appearing in the best buy tables again but i can't say exactly when um is it part of our strategy I, i think it's an inevitable consequence of how we're set up because we don't have branches um the way of us reaching our consumers is either through advertising um, or through appearance in Best Buy tables. Um, And you can say that that putting the advertising spend into the rate is one very cost-effective way of reaching your consumers uh, because you're not paying for adverts which don't work. So sort of hearing in the Best Buy tables from time to time as we need additional money that's not coming in from from existing customers is a way of topping up um, our funding uh, because our mortgage balance has been growing quite quickly. I mentioned our sort of 80% growth over the last six years um, and we fund that pretty much entirely through retail deposits. So we have to go out into the market and compete with those who are there um, to attract deposits from customers. Yeah, I mean we we've seen a we we've obviously seen quite a strong influx of of new entrants in the in the past decade. Uh, my my late last count was uh, over fifty uh, new new entrants. Gosh, I've not counted it up. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, about half of those new banking licenses, and about uh, the other half are, are kind of ones that have either changed or or new brands that have been launched um, by existing providers that haven't had a sort of presence in the market uh, as, as well so yeah it is is a lot I, I mean what what sort of challenges has that presented to to yourselves well, well firstly I'd say it's very good to see new entrants coming into the market because it gives savers more choice more alternatives for those who've got larger balances there's more people you can put your money with to obtain the financial services compensation scheme protection Um, And it helps keep that healthy competition between deposit takers going, uh, which is good for savers as that tends to drive interest rates up. There have been other sort of larger pressures which have held interest rates down, unfortunately, in recent years. But you only need to look at Marcus's arrival in the easy access market a couple of years ago at 1.5%, when I think the nearest rival was paying 1.3 something at the time. Yeah. Um, to see evidence of that sort of beneficial effect of new entrants coming into the market. Um, but what it does mean for us is that we're competing for retail savings with firms that have very different lending propositions, perhaps, um, and are earning higher margins 
than we can achieve on standard residential mortgages. Uh, and that forces us to look at ourselves and become more cost effective as a business. Um, normally, you'd say that goes to more online activity, but we're also trying to serve a segment of the market who like to be able to pick up the phone and speak to someone and send us a check from time to time. Um, we're continuing to improve how we're um, conducting our operations. So we've just kicked off an 18-month project covering four key back office admin functions to make sure that we can meet the demand from customers, whether that comes online or whether they want to deal with us by telephone or through the post. It's, it's interesting you say that because I've certainly noticed that uh, there's been a, a couple of providers in the in the market that have what some people would say maybe gone backwards uh, by reintroducing uh, postal options and, and allowing checks to be accepted where previously it had been online and uh, electronic payments only. Uh, I, I, there's still a significant market out there for 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 those sort of services and that that kind of personal touch and being able to to speak to somebody at the end of the phone. Yes, and I think we can make a difference in how we handle internally the work which comes from that and going remote as a result of the pandemic has certainly brought focus in our business on how we can make ourselves more efficient how we can move more stuff around electronically within the business while still serving the customer in the way the customer wants to interact with us that's a key um, thought for us being trying to be the best building society we can um, in the most effective way for our customer base. You mentioned there, uh, sort of having having that review. Um, have you got any other plans in place for the for the future for for your savers? Any any other innovation uh, coming down the track that you can tell us about? Not that I can tell you about at the moment. Uh, we've just updated and relaunched the Windfall Bond. Uh, listeners will see some promotion of that over the next few weeks, or if you search on Windfall Bond, you'll find all the details on our website. Um, we're currently rebuilding our shop front, so that's a new website which we expect to launch next year, which will be easier to browse products and compare them within our site and then go on through the application journey. Uh, further ahead are some changes to our online savings service to make opening and running savings accounts easy and easier. Um, and another project is looking at the way we deal with fixed-term bond maturities to make that faster and easier and for those who want to do it online produce include an online option to do that so um, not every innovation is about product in fact the product no. is probably the hardest thing to do in the savings market and much of the recent innovation you see is focused around how to use our access products rather than the products themselves that, that's certainly a, a, a strong list of, of work there that's going to keep you busy for for some time i'd imagine four key projects over 18 months um whilst also dealing with largely still being remote um, due to COVID-19 and we don't quite know that when that's going to end. It's certainly a, a, a strain on the business operations and it's commendable of our staff that they've ridden to the challenge quite as well as they have. Yeah that's that that is and that you're, you're right the uh, the remote challenge is not to be underestimated. I think there, there's certainly been lots of positives um, for, from it for for, for a number of people but it does create challenges and I think even even the most ardent uh, fans of, uh, of homework and that I've, I've spoken to over the past six months have have, have said uh, that they do miss uh, being able to get around the table and uh, 
throw things on a whiteboard and bounce ideas off of, of people face to face um and 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 that uh, not, you know not being able to do that at the moment is a uh, it is definitely uh, something that that doesn't help make projects like that easier no absolutely we we've, we've got about 180 staff and we operate out of a single building in Epsom in Surrey um at the moment we're sort of relaying out that building um to have something like 130 um desk spaces in it um, so we don't expect to have people back um, full time uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, but we do. We did yesterday, for example, have about 60 people in come and go from the building. So coming into the office to do things they needed to do in the office and then leaving and working at home again after that or before that. Um, so it's certainly introduced much more flexible working practices. Um, and yeah. We're working quite hard now to try and sort of introduce that um, innovation that comes from the um, tangential discussions which go on when you bump into someone getting a cup of coffee not that we're allowed to bump into anybody these days <laughs> yeah yeah that you're right it's uh those i think those are the things that uh that we all miss obviously uh someone someone who has been at, at the forefront um during the pandemic is the the chancellor and one of the things that uh I always ask every guest on the show is what what would you do if you were in this case Rishi for the day uh, that that would help save us? What would be the the change that you'd like to to implement if you were holding the purse strings at the uh, Treasury? Well, can I have two two suggestions that are related? Um, they can be. They, you can have two, Keith. They're going to have to be good, though. Okay, uh, that's a challenge. The, okay. the first one I'd like to do is simplify the savings landscape by removing the general cash ISA scheme and increasing everyone's personal savings allowance, perhaps to two and a half thousand a year for basic rate taxpayers. I think that could make life a whole lot simpler for people because you wouldn't have to have some money in ISAs and some money in standard accounts. You wouldn't find differential pricing going on between deposit providers between those two types of account um, and it would generally simplify life that's one suggestion uh, I like that for the chancellor um, I'd stress I would keep the help to buy ISA and the l- lifetime ISA I think those are good innovations in the market uh, driven by the government but my second suggestion if I can have two um, is to review the lifetime ISA rules and make the scheme easier for deposit takers to operate and so encourage more firms into that market because I think helping the young, particularly now, giving them incentives to save for retirement and for their first home and for an emergency perhaps um, would be a sensible reform step to undertake. Yeah, you can definitely have two, Keith. I like both of, of those and... Uh... Um, anyone that, uh, that that's that's kind of listened or read anything that um, I've written over the years will will know I'm uh, I'm a big exponent of of simplifying the things. I, I think ISAs have been a brilliant product, and uh, show, I'll show my age again. I can remember what Tessas and Peps. Yep, uh, so can I. Uh, yeah. And I, I I think ISAs did a did a great job initially of simplifying that space, uh, and we're up to not far not far shy of three hundred billion in them in the cash versions now so they've been hugely successful but i i agree with you i think i think certain lifetime ices have got uh um uh, mean well but 
are pretty complex and the the personal savings allowance and and running the the sheer number of different ices has made that landscape uh really tricky now for, for savers and the, the ices were always about simplicity when they they first started and i think they that's where they should stay and, and they, they aren't simple anymore and um I, I would i would certainly wholeheartedly agree with you there i'd, li- I'd love to see some simplification of uh, of that whole thing i think it's been a succession of uh, of adding bits here and here and there that have, have got us to this this point and it it now needs a fundamental reform yeah it's a classic case of can't see the woods for the trees um there have been so many little bits of tinkering it's a bit like stamp duty in the housing market there's so many exemptions for this or contrary incentives for that um to try and improve the lot of, uh, of different um people in different circumstances um that that's an, another area that right is ripe for reform but you did ask me only for two so perhaps i shouldn't be talking about stamp duty <laughs> as well <laughs> yeah I, there's there's always things that could be I, I think probably the sad thing is we we may be a little while off of um of seeing seeing much there given given what's going on and yeah. i think yeah. the focus is going to be on uh on other things sadly I, but uh, I do, I do hope it's something that uh, gets l- looked at, and I, I think uh, part part of the problem here is the the, the success of ISIS over the years is is now um, is now part of the problem. You know, we're seeing we're seeing people uh, who, who continue to save in ISIS, where with the personal savings allowance, uh, they'd be financially better off uh, being in being in the ordinary counterparts, but. It's been so ingrained over the past twenty-one years that uh, to, to sort of maximise your tax-free savings that, that that message has got through loud and and clear. But now, now in in some cases, to their to their detriment. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's simplify it. Do away with a whole raft of infrastructure around it and make people's lives easier. That would be good. I, so I guess yeah, we 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 you know we talked quite a bit about some of the some of the things, and it's been a it's been a really uh, changing landscape in the savings world in this millennium certainly so do you do you think that sort of pace of change is going to keep up and uh, do, you, do you think we're going to see further changes in the savings market in the next few years is there anything in your crystal ball that you see coming coming along well if i had a crystal ball i'd be retired by now so um <laughs> um what i do see is more new entrants like marcus coming along um, I think I think that's going to happen. Um, so new entrants at scale and pace, um, and more growth in the online and digital savings products and services that are aimed at helping you make the most of your money and move it around faster and more easily. Um, I think we might see some mergers between some of the current challenger banks as they go for economies of scale, um, and I think there'll be a continued proliferation of apps on your phone to help you do things and the important point around those i think is the helping people become a regular saver and having some money set aside for a rainy day um, i think that's been shown in thrown into sharp relief um, due to the financial issues that people have faced coming from the pandemic i think we all need to do more to help people save a regular amount um, unfortunately for savers i can't see an interest rate rise of any significance coming anytime soon no, I, I, I agree with you. I think I think we're in the, the low rate uh, 
climate for for some time still. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with uh, agree with what, all of what you said there. Really, I, I'm, I'm personally surprised we haven't seen more talk of uh, of mergers in the in the challenger sector. But I, I certainly think that uh, that we will do over the next uh, twelve to eighteen months. And uh, there's there's still a flurry of uh, of prospective new entrants. Uh, there's uh, at least ten. Uh, banks or prospective banks have applied for late licenses are, are pending and there's a there's a queue of uh, firms be, behind that still going through the the process so I, I think we're, we're definitely going to see new entrants and the rumors continue to get stronger that we're going to see jp morgan uh, follow marcus uh, early next year with uh, under the chase brand with with something similar uh, which would be uh, be a huge uh, firm to to come into the space so, yeah absolutely um, an interesting period yes to live in interesting times i think uh, my boss tells me that's a chinese curse rather than a compliment so. it's definitely what keeps uh you know ke- keeps it exciting keep makes life interesting isn't it yes keith it's, it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today i, I i've learned uh i've learned stuff that i didn't know about uh about family so it's been it's been fascinating to, to to hear your insight and, uh, and and hear more about what you've been been up to. Thank thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to to join us and uh, wish you every success uh, with the with the relaunch windfall bond and uh, hopefully we we have you back on in uh, in the not too distant future to tell us how that's gone and 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 maybe with some luck talk about. Uh, you've gone through the three billion mark well that'd be good yes thank you very much for inviting me on the podcast it's been great to have a chat with you um and look forward to coming back to tell you how the windfall bond goes lovely thanks keith (laughs)